Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Newbreed Training. Newbreed exists to provide you with courses, cohorts, and resources from the Newbreed team, such as yours truly, Andrea Jones, Ralph Moore, Alan Hirsch, Hugh Halter, and many more. To learn to disciple like Jesus so you can plant like Paul, head on over to newbreedtraining.com. And now, back to the Church Planner Podcast. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And, uh, you know, before we get into our topic today, I know we're not having much time for smack talk, but uh, I think the funniest line, Peyton and I are in a, a text group with a, a bunch of uh, church planners. And, uh, and I put in there, Hey, uh, you know, God said he wasn't going to flood the whole world again, but clearly Southern California is still on the table. <laughs> what is going on there, man? You guys are like under just the most incredible rain ever. You know, we are all I can say though, is it's a good thing that all the taxes that we pay go to making this place safe, secure, and improving all of our services so that floods and those kinds of things just don't happen here, Pete. And uh, apparently you're still going to be in a drought. <laughs> when the oh, yeah. We didn't collect any of this uh, rain. You'd think with, with our state being in a constant drought, we would, you know, create more basins, reservoir systems to collect such uh, flooding when it occurs. But no. All I could think was, man. I can't believe I got out of there just in time. <laughs> right before Southern I, California. I believe you just, were like Methuselah. You were the one holding back the wrath, Pete. Once you were out of here, it was like the rapture happened. You know, it's all it's all judgment now. It's all coming. Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks for leaving us to this. You're welcome. I did my part. Well, hey, guys, we want to welcome you. I, gosh, I feel like tonight on a special episode of Blossom. Uh, we're going to have a special episode today where we're going to interview uh, a guest who I'm really excited about this because 
you know, in Plantology, we talked about how Paul utilized Priscilla and Aquila to start a tent-making empire. Well, I feel like I have a modern-day, not Priscilla, but Aquila. Uh, I don't know who, but I haven't met his wife, but uh, maybe she's in this game too. But anyways, our guest today is Andrew Arroyo. He is a real estate company owner. He runs AARE. And that is a San Diego real estate firm that has a passion to harness business and mission together for the advance of the gospel. So, Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you, Peyton. How much of that did I get wrong right there? Did I get uh, any of that wrong? Or about 80%, okay? but you're, All you're, right. we're on the right path. <laughs> Woo, I'm going up. I'm improving, Pete. I love this. Well, hey, uh, Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to faith. Be happy to. And before I begin, I just wanted to mention your incredible book, Church Plantology. I'm sure most of your listeners, if not all of them, have already read it, but I'm diving into it right now, about halfway through. And I have to tell you, it's a golden piece of literature. It's giving me a playbook. I'll share my story here, the blueprint as we expand worldwide, how to sow good seeds. So thank you for that. A real blessing. I would just like to point out that Peyton acknowledged me finally in one of his books and he took two pages to do it because it says Pete as the last word on one page and Mitchell as the first word on the next. So, you know, I I had to make up for not including him in my last book in the acknowledgements. I never lived it down. So I gave him two pages. He acknowledges everybody like his dog when he was five, but nothing about the guy he's been doing the church. Hey, that dog changed my life. I wouldn't be the person I was without that dog. (laughs) <laughs> well, if that's the case, I'm expecting to write the Ford next round. So there we go. <laughs> All right. So the testimony, uh, my journey, as far as my faith and spirituality actually began with my mother. My mother was the, the spiritual leader in the household, uh, an incredible woman of God in prison ministry over 25 years. She continues to go to San Quentin and some of the prisons in the Bay area to minister. And I saw that as an example, um, we used to make the the joke at home when our friends had come over and say, well, where's your mom? We say, well, she's in jail uh, because we get all these letters from the um, inmates that showed up to our mailbox with just thanks and praise for everything she had done in their wow. life. So there was a clear demonstration of what discipleship looked like. Uh, my father grew up in Spain and uh, lived there through the 1930s, World War II, that civil war, and it was Catholic. I mean, he grew up with a completely different mindset than uh, my Protestant mother um, and the evangelism that she displayed. So as a young boy, as I, I like to say with my brothers, we really had no excuse um, not to know about God, learn his ways, so on and so forth. But like so many others, in our teenage years, growing up in the Bay Area where everything's pulling you, you got a culture that's so anti-biblical principles. We were pulled away and uh, I call it the lost decade of my life uh, between about 14 years old and 24 years old, where I let the the cares of the world and the flesh and all the the, the stuff you can get yourself into uh, rule my life and, and put idols in my heart and chased money and and all the the stuff that uh, so many of us when we're honest you know and open about our journey uh, we've gone through through that desert and so in my mid-20s after i'd had a lot of success at a young age i decided to skip college go right to real estate 25 years ago i moved from the bay area to san diego 
And at that time, there was a deep recession. The prices were incredible. You could buy property for $150,000, $200,000 when in the Bay Area it was four or five times that. So I recognized that even as a teenager, the financial opportunity, I started to buy real estate, get into real estate. So I decided to skip college. Well, when I made that decision, I was all of you know 17 the summer. Uh, I was going to be turning 18. I called my father one day and I said, uh, this is this is my path and I feel compelled to go do this. And again, my father coming from Europe and through the Second World War, his dream was plant into America and, you know, send your kids to college and live the American dream when the American dream was still uh, viable and healthy. And so he said, if you do that, you're cut off. Mm. I paused and then I said, I guess I'm cut off. And so at 17, I was pretty much on my own, had my mother's support verbally, but there was no financial support. So I had to figure it out. And uh, I, I like to say right time, right place and God's grace because the 19, mid 1990s until 2005 or six was probably one of the best runs in real estate in, uh, in modern history. And so I was able to accumulate assets and uh, learn the game of real estate, but there was this missing component and that was my faith had been left aside. As I mentioned, it was that lost decade. And it was really meeting my wife. I was walking one day downtown La Jolla. We had an office there in California and taking photographs. And uh, she walked up to me and, and had a question about, you know, the photographs I was taking. And we got to know each other and ended up being married several years later. But she had never strayed from her faith. She had a, a mother just like mine who had instilled those biblical principles. And she was very influential about um, asking me direct questions, right? That really penetrated the heart of like, why are you living the way you're living? And why, if you know about Jesus and you know the truth, uh, are you still doing things that are against his commands? And so, uh, that's the the short version, my surrender moment, because I do believe I was saved as a boy, baptized as a boy, but I had not surrendered my will, my heart to Christ. Mm. And so it was in my mid-20s when I had had all this worldly success that I, I recognized the emptiness. It was so evident. I traveled the world. I've done all the things the world had told us are going to give us joy and fulfillment, yet I was empty. And there was defining moments where... I was exploring, I explored all the world religions and, and had a big problem with one way, one truth, so on and so forth. But there was a defining moment where I was around people that were exploring these, these weird religions and, and thoughts that have no accountability, have no um, root in scripture. And I recognized the darkness. I recognized the other side, that there was, there was, there was an enemy that was out for my soul. And in those moments is, is when I started to dive back into the scripture. And a funny thing happens when you commit to reading God's word cover to cover in a short period of time. The Holy Spirit starts to work and the word grows in you. And in my mid to late 20s, I truly surrendered not only my heart, but I surrendered my will. And that was a big deal because my reading of the scripture, which if people have not gone all the way through, that really is the first step, right? To read God's word through and through. It's very clear that there's an obedience factor. There's a surrender of one's will to the Lord that leads you into what he has promised for your life. Mm. Let me ask you, when you 
started off in real estate. By the way, you said you grew up in the Bay Area. Where in the Bay Area did you grow up? Yeah, in the East Bay, in in okay. a town called Danville, if you know. I do. Yeah, no, I grew up in Burlingame and San Bruno, and then moved to Southern California to go to college. So I was like, yeah, all right, I like your I like your journey. I understand it. Now we just got to wait for you to leave California and move to Texas, like I did. So you know, <laughs> that'll complete it. Um, when you started going down the uh, the real estate path, at what point did you? go from, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to be in this business to, I want to have my own business. And you started to make that transition to obviously that's where you are today. Cause you've got a successful business with, I think you said offices in 24 States. So Correct. when did that transition happen for you? Well, the, the journey was an appraiser. I became an appraiser first, then a lender, then a real estate agent, real estate broker, owner. So it certainly wasn't a, a small journey. That all took place over about five to seven years. Mm-hmm. The firm started 20 years ago. So we're celebrating our 20th year this year. So 2004 is when it was founded. But what I recognized early on as I was doing the business and God was working on my heart, shaping my character is that the cultures at the firms that I was working for was completely against my values and beliefs. And I had a wonderful mentor in the 90s. He retired, unfortunately, in 2000, right as I was scaling up my my own business and that journey. And I asked him straight out, I said, you know, what, what where can I go? Because you're retiring. And he said, you're going to have to start your own thing. If you want that culture, you, you have to do it yourself. And so that was a pivotal moment because I didn't necessarily set out like, oh, I want to start an organization. I was a high-flying producing real estate broker, agent, you know, investor. And all of a sudden I recognized that to really do this right and have impact beyond just making money, I have to develop, I have to become a business owner. I have to become an entrepreneur. I have to learn how to structure the uh, systems and a business for scale with Christ at the center of it. What does that look like? You know, a a Christ at the center of a, a real estate business. Yeah. Well, and, and it could be any business, but in, in our, in our uh, circumstance, first and foremost, it starts with the, the core values and the priorities of the organization. We've extended it to biblical beliefs. Most people, when you, you know, found a, a corporation and you start to develop uh, an organization, even a small business, you have some set of core values. Once you start to grow, you recognize that people are attracting to your business based on your values. We instilled what I call biblical beliefs on a monthly basis. So each month we have a different core value and we celebrate things like uh, God is real, uh, relationships, faith, we, uh, accountability, discipleship. Those are some of the core values. And, and they're underpinned by these biblical beliefs. For example, that there's a Holy Spirit lifestyle available to all of us. And so we layer those each month. People have a hard time remembering a lot of different core values. So we give them one a month with one biblical belief. And and then just stating our mission, our vision, our purpose, and our priorities. And I wrote many vision statements, mission statements, like all of us have life purpose statements. They're usually one or two lines. Some people write paragraphs. No one can remember this stuff, right? So I finally boil it down to irreducible minimums, three words that people could remember that illustrates my heart and our organization's heart. And our vision is to bear much fruit. And our mission is to do God's will. And our purpose is to obey God's word. 
our priorities start with doing God's will and go down, strengthening the members of the organization, our personal life, our marriage, and they end with a focus on self at the very bottom. So it really is that upside down pyramid where we're, we're putting forth what God's will is for us in the real estate business and putting that ahead of self-interest or any other mandate that we have. And again, this can be applied to any business, but that level of clarity when somebody walks into the organization or visits our webpage considering joining the company, it will attract people that truly value what you value and what and what you believe. And uh, most people are so afraid of evangelism and bringing Christ into the marketplace. They think it's going to be some form of repellent and maybe scare people away, their clients. It's the polar opposite. That's a lie from the enemy. It's a magnet. It's a mm -hmm. magnet for people on the same journey. And, you know, just uh, I think one of the things that, that really impressed me when I met you was, I mean, I walked into your office and I mean, there are multiple businesses there, um, <laughs> including a Lexus dealership. Um, but you, you're, this is a very successful company that you're running. It's not like a Mickey mouse, you know, out the back alley kind of thing. You know, I got my sticker on the side of my car and run my business out of that. I mean, you have really built a successful business. Um, but <laughs> when we started talking, I'm like, wow, this guy knows ministry. Like he really knows the word. And then I read your book and I, I, I haven't introduced this yet, but you wrote a book called Mission Finder, Fulfill God's Will for Your Life. And you just said, you know, all my employees get one of these, you know, we even run stuff. If people want to go, we believe they need to find their mission. And, and I love that approach. And I want to uh, kind of pivot now to your vision. But when I went through that book, I even on our last call said to you, there was a lot of research like there was I was really impressed with this one particular part of the book that outlined all this scripture. Um, and I was like, OK, he's done his homework. So you are someone that, you know, I just want the audience to know not only have you it, to me, it just reminds me of Priscilla and Aquila who built a successful business. We know this because they had homes in Rome and Ephesus in Corinth, all these metropolitan cities, but Paul funded his uh, missionaries um, through that tent-making skill, which is what spread the gospel. So uh, with that, um, tell us a little bit about your vision and how you see the real estate company that you run as a key to expanding the gospel in the kingdom. Absolutely. And I give credit to my mother for instilling the word at an early age. You know, those seeds get planted. We all that have children have planted those seeds. And as I mentioned, even when that child tends to walk away for a period, uh, my mother was prayerful that, that that those seeds would come back to fruition. So I think as they started to bear fruit within me and my willingness to evangelize and share what I knew to be the truth in a um, uh, employee or, you know, business setting. Well, then we started looking beyond just our reach at home and saying, well, wait a minute, we have so much influence over 
families at a very critical time in their life. For example, if somebody's in residential selling a, a home and moving, that's a very stressful period of time. And, and people buy or sell for a variety of reasons, right? It could be a great reason they got married and they're going to have children. It could be another reason they're splitting and, and divorcing. There could be death. I mean, there's there's all these critical life moments happening. And what's unique about real estate is you have a seat at the kitchen table. Even the attorneys and doctors many times do not have a seat inside a home at the family table where they're sharing very intimate information. So with their permission, if they open up and our team members are open to share what they know to be the truth, well, that's an opportunity to disciple, to evangelize, to change someone's life in this, this critical um, you know, stage of a real estate transaction. And, and once we recognized that, then we started our internal training and then we started looking broadly. And God gave me a vision of what this would look like nationwide because I recognized there's just not many models out there. There's a few businesses that have been extremely faithful to God's word. And when they are, God has blessed him immensely. I had the great privilege to get to know the family at Hobby Lobby, and um, they were influential in my life because they brought me to Oklahoma and showed me how they do what they do. Now, they're a private company, and there's many others we all know that are private companies. What I felt compelled to do, which is very risky, is to step out into the public marketplace and take a company to the public square, because I believe that's where the, the fight is today for the hearts and minds of the next generation. But that's like going to war with the culture. And when you start to reveal everything, a public company is extremely accountable, right? They have to go through audits and people are in your business, if you will. You don't have the same protections as a private organization. But at the end of the day, if I'm obedient to the word, you know, God called us into the public square, not to sit around preaching to the choir. He called us to go into areas that were adverse to his word. And so the vision to bear much fruit, and we're doing this through the public sector of real estate, is simply to see people come to either the saving knowledge of Christ or for those who have already come to the saving knowledge of Christ to go deeper in their faith and surrender their will to God's will. And that's where that book really stemmed from. I wrote it during COVID when everything shut down. I finally had a moment to breathe right after a 20 year uh, career. And I, it was all in my heart. It just, it poured right out all those scriptures and um, it, it, it led me, it's now been translated to eight languages. It's, it's led me to now be able to look even further and to say, okay, we're, we're, you know, discipling our employees, agents, brokers, loan officers, managers. They are in turn discipling the clients. Who else can we include in this to bear more fruit? And that's where our conversation started with church planners, pastors, and ministry leaders. And now a message from our sponsor. At Reliant, we understand that the journey towards financial sustainability and church planning can be tough, especially when you're charting new paths. That's where we step in alongside you as a partner. With our biblically-based support raising training and coaching, we empower you to invite others to partner with you in the work that God is doing in and through your church plan. But we don't stop there. We also partner with you by handling back-end employment services like payroll, HR support, 
and comprehensive benefits like medical, dental, and even offer a 403b9 retirement plan. Our goal? Freeing you up to spend even more time sharing the gospel in your contacts. Oh, and did we mention being able to do it in a healthy and sustainable way yet? If you visit Reliant.org slash CPP today, you can learn more and also get access to the three videos addressing the questions. Is support raising biblical and applicable to today? These three videos are a preview of our training, and we hope they will encourage you as you invite others to be gospel partners with you. Our heart, like yours, is to see more healthy and sustainable church plants. You have the vision, mission, and passion for this church plant. We can help. Visit Reliant.org CPP today to learn more and get your free resource. Now, back to the Church Planner Podcast. You know, um, one of our good friends, uh, <laughs> a church planner, ironically, who, uh, who I really know and how Peyton really knows him as well is through Fortnite, of all things. Like, we all play Fortnite together. Um, he's a, a church planner. He recently moved from New York to Florida, and he's been uh, in the process of getting his real estate license. And so I actually told him this morning, I'm like, Hey man, I got to tell you who we're, we're interviewing today. And I basically just uh, cut and paste. Uh, Peyton had sent me a text this morning, giving me the breakdown. And I sent it to him and he was so excited because he's a guy who wholeheartedly, he's a church planner at heart. Like that's where his passion is. He wants people to come to know Jesus. And, um, and like so many church planners, and I don't know everything that you've done with pastors and church planners, but by and large, I think part of the reason why we've developed the the following that we have is because so many of them are beaten down. They're beaten down by their sending churches. I mean, I cannot tell you the horror stories that we get all the time from guys, and I'm just like... I'm like, no wonder the the state of the church is the way that it is right now. I mean, it's just, we eat our own. I mean, it's just unbelievable to me. And, and he's no different, right? He's, he's been in that situation where totally got taken advantage of. And so he said, Hey, you know what? I'm in a time in my life right now where I want to really connect with my family. And that's one of the big problems that, that church planners have. And I bring this up all the time. They feel this huge burden that God has put on their heart to reach their communities and do church planning. And at the same time, church planning usually doesn't pay. And if it does, it pays very, very little, not enough to meet your bills for sure. I mean, we're not talking about the big church launches and that type of scenario. We're talking about guys who are you know, literally starting churches with a handful of people. And the problem is now they got to have a job. They still got to work usually 40 hours a week doing that minimum. And they're trying to plan a church. And so what happens is their families are the ones that get cut off. Their kids lose out on dad. Um, the, the wife barely sees the husband. And they just push and push and push. And it, it leads to really big issues in their families. And so like our, our friend right now, he's like, hey, you know, right now is my time to be reconnecting with my family. And, and he knows all the stuff that I do for realtors and stuff like that. And he finally decided to, to get his license. 
And, and I'm really encouraging him on that front. And I'm like, Hey, you know, here's the thing though, that I'll tell you when it comes to real estate, you've got to decide I'm going all in on this. Like it is a tough business as you know, I mean, you look at the churn in that industry, it's huge, but you got to have that, that commitment and just decide that, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to go for this. So I'm really encouraged to hear the stuff that, that you're doing in ministry and with, uh, with this whole idea of reaching people in a, a totally different way, how do you kind of envision that with church planners and, and, you know, really reaching uh, the lost through real estate? I mean, tell us kind of what your, your thoughts are on all, all that stuff. There's been a lot of thought and prayer that's gone into this because mission finder was the first book I wrote. I wrote a novel about Adam and Eve and it's, you know, Christian fantasy. That was a second book with a co-author. And th those were in my heart from, you know, day one, but everybody kept asking, well, why don't you write a business book, right? You, you've got all this experience. And I had developed a system that we trained all of our agents and employees on called seven steps to a paycheck. This is going back about 10 years. And it was really the blueprint of this is exactly how you do this business, but it was geared just towards real estate and through a lot of thought and prayer, what God revealed to me is it needs to go beyond a paycheck. It needs to develop into powerful paychecks that can be utilized for kingdom resources. And it needs to be industry agnostic. It cannot be specifically for real estate. And so on my third book, which I've completed now, I've, I've released a sample of it. I give it for free and we have a course that goes along with it. It's called seven steps to powerful paychecks. And it's written for any entrepreneur. And I, I do deem church planners and ministry leaders, entrepreneurs. If uh, they don't realize they're entrepreneurs, guess what? You're, you're going to become an entrepreneur if you're going to be successful here. And so this is a, a blueprint. This is a how to book. This is broken down in very simple easy to understand language with a method that works. It's the exact same method that I utilized all the successful people at our organization utilize. And it has nothing to do with real estate, whether you do real estate or any other facet, any other industry out there, if you're going to succeed financially, you're going to need to master these steps. And when people who have, cause there's lots of coaches and trainers out there, they have wonderful content they don't even realize that they're operating within these seven steps. When they read the book, they go, oh yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, we're doing, this is just a framework. And I think that's what many people have, have been missing. At least I was missing when I started out my entrepreneurial career. And what I'd like to do for, and I'm already doing, um, Bo and, and Peyton have helped me do this. And I give them credit as planting this seed is to give scholarships to church planters, pastors, leaders, ministry leaders, to go through this course without a cost. Because typically people are spending 600 a month and that'll be a year program at $7,000. Some, some people it takes a year and a half to really go through the program because it's not a rush through, let me get a certificate program. This is designed to transform behaviors and skills to deliver income producing activities. And that year and a half would cost them, you know, up to $10,000. So we are all set up for this. We have the staff 
It's all online. People can go at their own pace with live sessions. And we've introduced our first few pastors uh, under scholarship, and they are just eating it alive. I mean, they're just loving it. They're already at step two, and already they see the transformation hmm. uh, because it, it really works on, I call it mastering your BS, right? And that BS stands for behavior and skills. Um, some people would interpret it for the other BS, and it, it, it stands for that too. But the bottom line is that if you I don't- that course. That's right. <laughs> if you don't master your behavior and skills, how are you supposed to produce that income that's going to allow you to go carry out God's will? So for church planners, I get it. You're bivocational, co-vocational. Come take the scholarship. It's it's going to require time and effort, discipline, and accountability, but it's going to give you the blueprint. And then the question is, are you willing to follow the blueprint? And, uh, you know, where can they find that, Andrew, if they wanted, you know, those that are listening today and they're like, okay, I need that. You know, I got to, I got to master my own BS. Yeah. Where can they go? They can go to powerfulpaychecks.com. So powerfulpaychecks.com. Okay. So guys, as you're hearing this, just know that um, I, I might know a little bit more up close, uh, Bo, who's on the new breed team and who is a moonlighting real estate agent as well. Uh, he's actually going through it and he sings its praises. He is one of those that Andrew said that he's noticed how it's changed everything. He's our partner development officer for new breed, which was kind of how we originally started talking to Andrew was somebody referred us and said, man, if you want to talk to a kingdom-minded businessman who might be interested in what you guys are doing in San Diego, talk to Andrew. So I love that you have that. So uh, that was PowerfulPaychecks.com. Head over to that, guys. But also, Andrew, one of the things that fascinates me about what you're talking about and something you dropped in conversation, I don't know if it was just kind of an idea or something that you are working out a system for. But you had mentioned in conversation with us early on that um, I have X amount of real estate offices all over America. And I, I remember you saying, you know, uh, I, that you thought your office um, would be an ideal place to incubate church plants, which that to me was so genius. And and Bo, being Bo, right? I, I trained him to plant years ago. He said, uh, in my last church plant, we actually did meet in a real estate office. And I can remember going and visiting his church plant a couple of times in that building. Um, but I, I was fascinated that you as this owner of a business would actually say, hey, actually, there's more than just me empowering the planter to be able to pay the bills and also to utilize more money for kingdom impact. But actually there's this idea of this space as well. Can you Absolutely. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So at our headquarters, and we always invite church planners and pastors to come see what it looks like because it's a unique facility. There's a Lexus dealership on the ground floor. There's a restaurant on the third floor. And here we are sandwiched in the middle on the second floor. It's like a mini mall. And we have offices and studios and record, you know, TV and podcasts and all that stuff there. And then we've got these open space meeting rooms. And so on the weekends, churches can come and if they're a church plant just getting going, there's the space for the initial congregation. And even if it's just a small group and it's it's at its very inception, 
because I'm someone who has these connections nationwide and I've got people in these different areas, somebody knows somebody. So even if we don't have a physical space exactly in your hometown, I can assure you we know somebody that has physical space in your hometown that's sitting underutilized. It's one of my biggest frustrations is underutilized commercial real estate, right? Whether it's churches only being used once a week and sitting there vacant the other five, six days, or it's just commercial office space now that everybody's transitioned to a work at home environment. So the bottom line is, yes, any way that we can help to evangelize and bear fruit, we're in. Just let us know what the needs are. We'll put you in touch with the people. You got to do your work too. You have to follow up with them and Make sure that, you know, the place is well cleaned or kept when you occupy and utilize it. But other than that, you know, the space is there. That shouldn't be a burden for people or a um, objection or some hurdle that I can't plant my church because there is not space or there is not a facility. They're there. That's awesome. How how many uh, offices do you have nationwide? I know you said you're in like 24 states. Yeah, I mean, so we have to have at least one office in every right. 24 because of just the way that the states operate. But a lot of those offices have transitioned to more like executive suite scenarios. But that's okay because, again, it, depending on the audience size, right? If you have 12 to 15 people, many times those executive suites have boardrooms and have a place to facilitate a small group meeting. And that's what I did when I was, I feel like a church planter, just the way that I have planted throughout the nation, all the different um, offices, if you will, are developing the initial nucleus of those small groups around the nation. So uh, in total, there's probably 35, maybe 45. Um, yeah, but, but ultimately, again, even if it's not our space, we're so connected yeah. with so many other organizations being in real estate, right? You know, so many businesses, we're doing leases constantly. So if we know what the need is, well, then we can figure out what is the best scenario, whether it's our office or one of our clients, people that share our faith that would love to donate their space because it's not being utilized. On a, on a semi-related side note, I personally love executive suites. Like when I had my financial planning business, I loved it because of the freedom that it gave me that I always knew that, Hey, you know what? If this thing doesn't work out, I can get out of this. Like I'm not locked in for three years or something like that. So I always loved <laughs> executive suites. It just gave me that comfort that I needed. So yeah, I like that. You got it. Well, it's, it's a pretty cool idea. Um, pretty cool vision and practice. I do think this is the future of um, where business uh, as mission or mission as business is headed. So um, if let's just, you know, dream for a minute. If, you know, by the time you retire, Andrew, um, what what does the world look like for you? What's happened? What's your vision? What's the dream? I've thought about that and prayed about that a lot. The vision that that I see, the bearing much fruit, looks something like this nationally, and then I'll share internationally. Nationally, there's about 350 million people, right, here in America. They're between the real estate agents, the real estate investors or people that are licensed and loan officers. There is 2 million people that hold one of these licenses. Now, by my estimation, after 25 years of doing this, on average, there's a couple hundred people 
in each database of those 2 million people, some, some deeper relationships, right? They might have a ton of more leads as they call it, but there's 200 people that they, they know, they're social people. So when you start to multiply 2 million times 200, you're covering the whole nation. So what I see is if we can impact, as we already have been doing on a nationwide scale, this industry at large, the fruit is going to be enormous. It's going to be a big harvest. Internationally, what we see is there are so many people hungry for the knowledge of entrepreneurial methods and techniques. And we have the playbook, Seven Steps to Powerful Paychecks. It's being translated in all these languages. And as you've witnessed internationally, they may be ahead of us nationally, spiritually, right? They're, they're out there, they're growing, they're discipling, but they need the resources. They need the understanding how to generate the income. So the, the long-term vision is that, yes, it would spread internationally on the entrepreneurial front, which they're going to be generous. That's, that's step seven, right? Of seven steps. It's the relationship is what we call it, but we really teach generosity. And for, for this to truly multiply and bear fruit, it has to have that generosity component that it's great to learn how to make money and and feed your family. And it's, we never want to take away from the primary focus, which is fulfilling God's will, but equally God is working on each of our hearts to reduce the selfishness right to grow the selflessness and generosity giving away what you worked so hard to obtain is his way of demonstrating in our lives how we've let go and not made mammon our idol and Mm -hmm. so my my hope in this is that we also snowball a generosity movement well Guys, you've uh, heard a little bit. You've been able to meet Andrew Arroyo, and we want to remind you uh, before you get off today, go ahead and head over to PowerfulPaychecks.com and get that seven steps tool and resource for free, which is extremely generous. Um, I know from Bo, who's now hung his real estate license with you, he made a really uh, powerful point to me not long ago. He said, Peyton, I got to let you know, they don't ever, like, ever give this thing away. It's like gold bricks. And, you know, not like I'm not here. I'm not getting any money for saying this. I just remember Bo being really impressed. He's like, I was talking to John, his right-hand guy. He, they don't give this away. So, guys, this is a kingdom move here. Uh, if you are going into real estate or you're even thinking about it, um, and you're thinking, man, I'd really, I mean, Andrew and I have talked, this can be used also these same principles for fundraising and other things. They are principles that are universal. So check that out. You can also go to aare.com slash vocation and you'll actually see Bo on there and you will uh, be able to get in touch with another project that Andrew's working on. But Uh, Anyways, Andrew, we want to thank you on behalf of our audience and also uh, the Church Planner Podcast for coming on here and for being in Aquila in the modern day. We appreciate your love and passion for expanding the kingdom and church planners. My pleasure. Here to help and serve. All right, Pete. All right, guys, just want to remind you that if you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you got to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. 
Hey there, bivocational pastors. Are you tired of spinning your wheels, trying to juggle your church duties and provide for your family? Well, hold on tight because I've got some game-changing news for you. It's time to unveil missionbybusiness.com, the holy grail of training programs crafted exclusively for bivocational pastors like you. We get it. Your time is sacred and you deserve a money-making solution that won't suck up every minute of your day. In just nine short weeks, you'll become a powerhouse armed with the secrets to launch your own business using the mind-blowing force of artificial intelligence. Yep, AI is going to be your secret weapon. Now it's time to stop dreaming and start acting. Head over to missionbybusiness.com and feast your eyes on our masterclass video, which covers everything in much more detail. It's time to build a business that fuels your dreams, supports your church, and provides for your family. Don't wait another moment. Seize this opportunity with both hands. Head on over to missionbybusiness.com now.